Man, if you guys missed uh, last week's message, Clay delivered a doozy. Uh, you need to go online and check it out. It's all about understanding and hearing the leading of the Holy Spirit. Uh, if, if you're watching online, you can even probably pause this right now and go and watch that because it's just fantastic. Um, check it out before you check this one out. Uh, it was just so very good. I hope that you're having a great 2022 so far. Doesn't it seem a little bit weird every time that you say 2022? It just feels a little surreal like it's not even real a little bit. 2022. It does feel so weird. It feels like it's like, like something out of a science fiction movie. 2022. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I, uh, it's been a weird start to 2022. Jody and I uh, sent our son off to Hawaii. Actually, we, Jody and I were supposed to go with him. Uh, to uh, Hawaii. Friends of ours gave us an all-expense-paid trip to Hawaii. We were supposed to leave January 5th, so January 4th we went to get our COVID test before we could leave, and Alec had COVID. And then, because we love him, he gave it to us <laughs> as well. Uh, fortunately for us, it was just like four or five days of, of flu and cold symptoms and headache and exhaustion and recovered very well from it. The doctor wrote him a note, thankfully, saying he'd fully recovered, and so we were able to get him on a, a plane. Um, but due to the timing, Jody and I get to, got to wave goodbye to him instead of flying with him. Should be in Hawaii. That sucks. <laughs> But instead, I'm here with you guys, and that's just as good. Lord, please forgive me for lying. But Alec leaving has kind of made me a little bit nostalgic. Um, you know, uh, seeing this kid uh, who we've loved on for 19 years kind of go and do his own thing. Um, a lot goes into raising a kid. Now, those of you who have kids, how many of you know that there's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of effort. Uh, it's a lot of time, it's a lot of energy, it's a heck of a lot of money. Um, as we help them mature into becoming good, healthy Jesus followers. And this is my kid when he was born. He's freaking, look at the little Michelin man arms. Um, but when they're at this age, you need to feed and protect them, right? Um, then it moves on as little ones. You need to encourage them. You need to help them lead themselves, a feed themselves a little bit here, uh, teach them right and wrong. Really, it's about loving them. As kids, you need to help them discover who it is that they are and, and what it is that God has created them to be in the world. You need to help them be equal parts safe in the world, but also just a little bit dangerous uh, if they're going to do things for God. Um, help them learn who Jesus is and how it is that God made them. You need to love them. And, and as preteens, you need to help them learn how to look out for others and, and how to discover their identity in Jesus. As teens, you need to help them share how God has uh, impacted their life and, and begin to dig deeper and become a little bit more mature in their faith. How it is that they could actually make a difference in the world with the giftings and talents and abilities that they've been given to love them. And then at some point as an adult, you need to be willing to send them off and go and do that for other people as well. And that's really hard because basically all that we do is see all of our 
I, I, I'll put it my way. So oftentimes we spend so, many time, so much time going, oh, here's how I failed them, or here's what I didn't do, or here's how I should have done this better, or man, I wish I had, man, I... But at the same time, you actually have to trust that they're going to seek God on their own, that he's going to do a work in them. And instead, you just need to commission them and release them and love them. I am, I am so excited for what God is going to do in this church in the days ahead, um, what it is that he has for us in 2022. But I'm also aware of just how very good the Father has been to us as a church over the years how he has cared for us and helped us mature and helped us grow and help us learn and, and love us in ways that we could better understand who he is and who we are in him. Uh, so much has happened in the last 19 years, how, how faithful he has been. And so what I want to do is before we move into the amazing things that I believe that God has in store for us as we are on the move in 2022, I want to look back at what it is that he's done over the last 19 years in order to perhaps better understand how he's been with us along the way and how he's been using so many of you in a variety of different ways over the years before we look at what it is that he wants to do to, 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 to learn from the mistakes that we've made, to learn from the successes that we've had, to learn from the challenges that we've had, and, and to celebrate what it is that God has done. These arrows have been around for 19 years. Is that not weird, Dwayne and Colette? Um, what's that? With, with, yeah, and those colors as well, eh, buddy? Um, uh, as you, you probably guessed, the first arrow is God. That God is always in the lead. Uh, he is always guiding us. He is the Father. We walk to where it is that he is going. We, we, we try to, as best as we can, as leaders, hear what it is that he's guiding us to do and then walk into it and inspire other people to walk into it as well. We follow him. We partner with him in this church. Uh, as, it, as he hopes for us, we become more mature individually and more mature as a church as a whole. Uh, a, 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 a mature child, a perfected bride, he calls it. You know, Dwayne sent me over a, a series this week uh, from Global Church, or, or sorry, Global News. And, and Global News did a three-part series on the future of the Christian faith. Um, it, it wasn't that encouraging, was it, Dwayne? Um, they, basically, they predicted how in the next 40 years, the Christian faith is going to almost go to zero. How They talked about how in the, Alliance, or the uh, United Churches and the Anglican Churches, a church closes every single day in Canada. Um, how soon all of the churches will be replaced by mosques and temples and, and shrines as immigration begins to take over and as Christians uh, walk away more from their faith. And basically, a lot of what it is that they based this on was covid over the last two years, seeing what it is that as, as Christians walked away from churches in droves uh, was an indication of how much their faith meant to them and how, how, how much actually it didn't really mean to them as well. It, it seems like many were asking God and, and Jesus, are you still out there? 
Are you still relevant? Do you matter? <clears throat> Which led me to Psalm uh, 77, verse 7. That's a lot of completeness. Um, <laughs> will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in his anger shut up his compassion? Then I said, I'll appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. And I felt like today this is what it is that we were supposed to do as we launch into this four-part series on, on the future of Connect Church. To celebrate what it is that God has done along each step of the way of our growth. To remember his, his ways in the past so we might discover what it is that he has for us in the future. Uh, I love the way Maya, Maya Angelou's uh, 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 quote says it. You can't really know where you're going until you know where you've been. Because our direction comes from God, and, and his directions for the church, for us, actually remain the same. Nothing has changed. Uh, they're pretty straightforward. If we would actually would just do them, I think this church would continue to thrive in the days ahead, even greater than it's thrived in the past. Um, and so <clears throat> I want to quickly look at, at three verses that I think we need to remember as a church. The first one, preach the gospel. It's not that, it, it's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. This is our first and primary call. It's what it is that this church was founded on. Secondly, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples. That we need to preach the gospel and we need to make disciples. And then this one. And we've unpacked this one a lot over the last couple of years. And so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. Some of you, uh, I, I, this, is a, this is a bit of a deep dive into this passage. And so uh, please forgive me if I'm going a little bit over your head, but I, I have to build off of what it, where it is that we're already at. <laughs> but Christ gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip his people for works of service. See, we're called to make a difference. And, and the way that we make a difference in this world is be, by being equipped to do something with the giftings, talents, and abilities that we've been given. In fact, as it says in this verse, we're supposed to attain the full measure of Christ. Later on in, in this passage, it says we become perfected. How do we become perfected? Well, the church has to begin to actually look like the body of Christ. See, the the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, they are the fullness of who it is that Jesus was. Jesus, um, what it is that Jesus did, he, if this circle represents the perfect Jesus in each of the five different areas that I talked about, the apostolic, and what it is that the apostolic does is it, it pushes that kingdom come that we were singing about there. It says, how can I take the, what it is that I have and engage with the culture that I'm currently in? Um, that's the heart of the apostolic. Uh, we have uh, the, the prophetic, which its heart is, is to seek up so that we can bring heaven down. 
its heart is to go, God, what is it that you are saying? We're, we're in a place where you've delegated authority to us, but we actually are ambassadors to you, so we need to hear from you and then be able to speak what it is that you have for others. And, and the heart of this is to, is to you know, break our heart for what breaks God's heart. And, and then... Uh, we have the evangelist and they're like, oh man, let's bring others into the church. I mean, Jesus was the good news. That's why he's the fullness of this, right? He was about preaching the gospel of himself, sharing forgiveness and sharing heaven with others. We have the shepherds, we have the pastors, and they're kind of the ones who care for those that are in and continue to act as pillars inside of the church. Um, and, And then finally we have the teachers and they keep us grounded on the word of God. That's kind of their focus. How do, we, how do we stay true to what it is that, that God is teaching us? Jesus was the rabbi, right? Even other religions recognize him as a great teacher. But he is the fullness of all of these. And we as a church and we as individuals are actually supposed to become well-rounded like this. So, in the, in the, in the beginning... We have Kootenai Christian Fellowship. This plant that started in the living room with a group of people who said, let's be a church that's just a little different than the other churches in town. And the, and the heartbeat of that original thing was evangelism. How do we share the gospel? How do we, get people, how do we partner with Jesus to see people saved? And so if a perfect circle is the goal, we kind of looked at the, like that weird kind of like squiggly nipple thing. That's really awkward. I'm sorry I drew it that way. It, it's a bell. It's a sideways bell. That's what it is. And, and, and so in the beginning, it was all about three things. How do we share Jesus with people through music? How do we share Jesus through, through a message? And then how do we share Jesus through our children's ministry? And that's the only three things that we focused on. We played secular songs so that people would actually feel uh, who, who had no context for Jesus. I mean, we played Creed and U2 and Papa Roach and Collective Soul. And, and it, was, it was weird when people walk in and go, is this church? But, but our heart was for people who had never engaged with church at all, for them to feel a little bit comfortable as soon as they walked in the door. That they heard something that they recognized in other places and the messages were all about Jesus and the good news of what it is that he did for us and the kids ministry was dynamic and we had skits and music and games and we put on uh, kids would drag their parents to church uh, at this time and then we bought a building we moved on Uh, we we discovered that um, dingy places people don't want to spend a lot of time in and, and so we, we actually built a, a space. This is where we pushed into the apostolic a little bit more when we realized, oh, we actually have to engage the culture with where it is that they're at. And, and, and we wanted people to feel comfortable at the church as well. Um, and, and so we did three things here. We decided we'd be real relaxed and relevant. That, that we would, um, where ideally the, the, the preaching would always be uh, relevant to what it is that was going on in somebody's life where they could take one thing and apply it as soon as they walked out the door where they would see other people who were just being real who were being vulnerable who were just coming dressed as they normally come dressed they don't need to wear a suit and tie they don't need to get all fancy 
on a Sunday? We shunned those folks. What's that? Yeah. We, yeah, they always felt awkward when they walked in with a suit. We felt really bad, actually, in some ways. Um, and, and, and our goal was to, 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 to you know, um, uh, be a, a relaxed place where people could drop their guard and be open to what it is that the Holy Spirit might want to say to them. Where, where the preaching would be so practical that, that people would be able to understand what it is that God's will was for them in their life. Why? Because happiness and fulfillment comes from being in the center of God's will for our life. I felt like we said that every single week. Because our heart was that people would understand that God has a plan for them and, and, and he wants them to be in the center of his will. And there's a joy that comes from that. And we did all sorts of things here in order to, to share who it is that we were. We put uh, bands in the parade uh, we, we, so we could, people could hear our music before uh, actually showing up on a Sunday. We put on children's festivals. We paid for uh, KFC for everybody. We had K, KFC at KCF once a month and people come and enjoy free chicken. Um, and we saw many come to faith. Uh, at one baptism, we had 18 people taking the dunk in a freezing cold pool because we poured it in January and we didn't heat it. And then all of the power went out. And we, so we dunked 18 people in the darkness. Uh, Scott, was that you? Yeah. Was that yours? Um, what's that? And Jody was baptized. My wife was baptized at that one as well. Um, God, it, it was uh, beautiful. Um, and then we ran out of seven, uh, room at the 7th Avenue building. Uh, that's what happens when you're growing. Uh, you begin to run out of room. And uh, so we made a leap of faith. And we left this building that we spent hours and hours and hours renovating and pouring time and money into. And we just kind of left it behind, hoping that God would sell it. And he didn't for years, but that's another story. But we moved to Parkland. And we rebranded as Coop. Uh, Connect Church, and I did a really poor job of picking the logo. I wanted the, the font to be a little ragged because we were just a little bit ragged. Um, anyways, here's where things got a little crazy. Um, uh, we set up and tore down a complete stage, sound, and lighting show every single week. Uh, we had more... Uh, Randy, how many, how many mornings, buddy, were you just setting that thing up until you were just bleary-eyed and ragged? Um, we had, yeah. After coming off the Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We had 150 people join us new in the first month that we arrived there. Now, most of them were from, had left other churches that they weren't happy with at, at this point. Uh, to see what it is that God was doing there. And here we began to dig in, and the shape of the church looked like the E was happening, the A was happening, and we added in the prophetic. And this is where we encouraged people to hear God's, how to hear God's voice and discern his leading for themselves. And the problem is when you hear God's voice and you discern what it is that's breaking his heart, you begin to actually do something about it. And so our three missional focuses during this time were loving God, loving others, and being purpose-driven. 
And man, we partnered with so many different organizations and did so many things during this time. We partnered with big brothers and big sisters and we made sure that, 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 that kids who didn't have a mom or a dad had somebody that they could look up to. We, we uh, put on Love Cranbrook Day where we cleaned bus stops, uh, yard, did yard work, offered free car washes, garbage cleanup, cleaned creeks, built and painted fences, uh, cleaned up the disc golf course, funded and built a brand new disc golf course at Parkland. We put on Christmas plays, ran a kids parade for Sam Steele days, which led us to the city asking us to put on Canada Day, where we had 6,000 people rock out to hear our band and others play. The parking lot at Parkland couldn't hold us anymore. Uh, and, and all the setup and teardown was making Randy lose his religion. <laughs> and others. There was a big crew. Wasn't alone. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so we decided to move to the Key City Theater. Um, and here, uh, the prophetic was added into the shepherding. We, we realized that we should be more intentional to actually make disciples and shepherd those that we had. We had all these baby Christians at this time, which were burning the leaders out in a lot of ways. And we thought, well, perhaps we should grow these baby Christians up to be a little more mature in their faith. Um, and, and we needed them to grow up and become healthy the way that become the fullness of Christ the way that Jesus mentioned to them. And and, and we need to shepherd, better shepherd the ones that God had sent us. And how did we do that? We did that by um, loving God, loving others, and a real intentional focus on group life. The importance of groups was shared. We, We should make disciples the way that Jesus made disciples. And we realized that making disciples works better in circles than it does in rows. Um... And so we continue to partner as well with other organizations here. We partnered with Compassion Canada, where we saw over 150 children uh, be able to eat and go to school and be taken care of each month. 150 kids. How many of you still have a kid in Compassion? That's so huge, you guys. Um... We did Christmas gift auctions for street angels, parenting workshops for the community, uh, marriage workshops and seminars. We did uh, tech stuff for other people. We set up our clamshell for other uh, events that were going on in the community. And, and here we taught people that discipleship happens in, in, in the context of relationship. That as somebody rubs up against somebody else and there's friction and there's tension, that iron sharpens iron through coming together and rubbing up against one another. Um, now, the, the cool thing is that, is that as we dug into group and as we encouraged people to follow Jesus in community for the community, there was a, a tight-knitness that began to grow amongst people, and they did begin to grow in their faith. But unfortunately, in our heart to shepherd those who are already attending, we forgot our first love and our first calling. And it became a lot less about evangelism, and the E dropped off here. It, it became more about uh, uh, keeping the people who were attending, all these people who, uh, who were uh, coming from other churches and, and they wanted to be kept happy. And, and then we also wanted to be able to disciple people inside of the church. And, and we kind of got um, focused so much on pastoring and shepherding and growing people that we, that we just kind of forgot those who don't yet know Jesus. Um, 
in our desire to keep those and, and care for those who are already attending, we stop being relevant to the people who God was continuing to send us. And then COVID. We had to leave the, the Key City Theater and we moved to the 14th Avenue space. And in our probably one of our most radical shifts yet, we felt like the Holy Spirit was, was challenging to focus on maturing people even more to a next level where, where you began to say things that would uh, offend and upset the cart, so to speak, where some of the things that we had made religion in our lives, some of the things that we had made idols in our lives would come down. Um, sharing deeper, more radical, more difficult teachings. And, and some people we discovered just like to come and consume on a Sunday. They wanted to come and be fed and be built up and then go back to doing what it is that they did in the rest of their, in the rest of their time. And, and what we did for the last two years was challenge people to die completely to themselves and die completely to what it is uh, that they held as idols. We had lulled many people into thinking that church was just about receiving and church looked more like a performance than it did an interaction. Um, and, and, and unfortunately, doing church in a performance space can naturally lead people to think that. <laughs> right? Um, but here, uh, the idol of the Sunday service was laid bare. But over the last... Um, oops, sorry. As we shifted to online teaching on Sundays... We really felt like we were supposed to dig into this idea of a teacher. How do we, how do we um, make sure that we're helping people understand the deeper teachings of our faith as well? We laid a foundation of solid theology and discipleship. We shared the ways uh, of Jesus and challenged people to actually do what it is that Jesus did, which is actually the fullness of the fivefold that we talked about earlier, each of these. We equipped our group leads with lead classes. We, we had healing nights and deeper teaching. God has done some truly amazing things in the last two years. He's refined and strengthened our resolve in a way that maybe wasn't even there before. That only, it, it, re refined it in a way that only difficulty in trial can. And now the time has come for a new shift. I want you to just for a moment, though, reflect on what it is that God has done in the last few years in your life. What were some of the things that I just discussed that were most impactful to you? What were the times where you felt most in the center of God's will for your life? For some of you, it's right now. For some of you, it was in the past. For some of you, God may want to do a new thing and he may want you to partner with him in this next stage that he's inviting us into. I want to invite the band up. Um, if you guys notice, um, with my weird little <laughs> awful drawings, um, please forgive me for those. Um, the one on the right is kind of where it is that we're at right now. Um, and if you notice the bell, 
on the left. Um, <laughs> I can't go back, all right. Um, actually fits kind of perfectly into the spot for where it is that we're right now. And, and, and I believe that it is time for us to get back to our original calling of reaching people with the good news of Jesus. And, and, and that as we make that our primary thing, and as we make each of the five things our primary thing, here they are here, each of the five things, and you put them all together and they make a weird little <laughs> hodgepodgey drawing that actually does look a lot more like this though, doesn't it? When you overlay it. See, I'd rather be a weird little hodgepodge of all and take a well-rounded approach to each of the five areas um, and help the people of Cranbrook who don't yet know Jesus to be able to um, understand what it is that God has called them to. And so far, our, our next season, I'm going to go over it over the next three weeks. Um, if we look at all of those five, we can really blend them into three very specific focuses of who it is that we are and what it is that we do at Connect Church. We introduce Jesus. This is our first and primary call. We help people learn their identity as a child of God and a disciple of Jesus, and we make a difference in this community. See, there is no greater love than introducing someone to Jesus, and there is no greater mission than learning our identity as a disciple, and there is no greater cause than to make a difference with our lives. These are the three things we're going to focus on and we're going to look at. And I'm hoping that you'll be able to come back and hear what it is that, how it is that we're going to do each of these things in the days ahead. But to wrap things up today, I want us to sing one last song together and let these words bring back to your heart what it is that Jesus has done for you in the hopes that you might partner with us in order to bring that to others. Cool?